Hello, and welcome to episode 144 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today we're going to review your homework from last week. Yeah. Talk about some bands. The band hammer dropped again. And the never-ending march of products continues. (laughs) So many secret layers to talk about. So many secret layers. So, if you have some stuff you think we should talk about, or you want to get at us, or you want to see what cards showed up at my house this uh, this Saturday, you can get on Twitter and find us at Casual Tripod. Yeah, there was some pretty sweet uh, mailbag photos there. I checked them out. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG, or you can shoot us an email, show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Uh, if you're looking to pick up any singles, uh, please don't forget to use our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Uh, follow that link, sign in, do your shopping, and anything you purchase, uh, we'll get a little small cut of to help keep, help keep the show going. Um, if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Patrons get early access to our show notes so you know what the show's going to be about the coming week. Um, you also get access to our pre-show where we kind of catch up, talk about the show a little bit, talk about our, you know, everyday mundane lives. Um, that usually goes up right before the show releases. Also, patrons get access to that and you get access to the givebacks when I get around to doing them. Next one should be in a couple weeks or so. Um, so if you want in on any of that, patreon.com slash casual MTG, throw a couple bucks in the pot, help us out. Uh, we also have our YouTube channel, YouTube uh, at Casual Triad MTG on YouTube. Uh, we do Brian posts up draft videos. Um, I do some product opening stuff. If I come across a sweet list, sometimes I'll do a deck tech about that as well. Um, you can check out any of that over at Casual Triad MTG on YouTube. And we also have our Discord. Uh, there's a link in the description, and there's a link on all our social media if you want to jump in there. Ask us questions, um, have us look at a deck, um, talk about your homework, anything you want to do. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of us is over on Discord. So make sure you jump in there and ask away. Also, because we have finished up our playing in paper series, um, we are all caught up on topics. So if there is anything in particular that you guys want us to do a show about, make sure you let us know. I know we'll we'll have our standard content out when uh, Crimson Vow is spoiled. We'll do our set review episode and talk about mechanics and stuff for that. But if there's anything else that you guys want to hear about, make sure you let us know. Otherwise, we uh, we don't know what you want to hear about, and we're just guessing. So, yeah, you got anything else for uh, housekeeping stuff, or is that about wrap it up? I think that's about it. I'm I'm trying to see when. When the uh, uh, what's it called, the 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 spoilers or sorry preview season starts yeah. for uh, Crimson Valley. It comes out in like a month. Yeah, so it should be soon. I think it should be soon, which is you know wild. Like yep. you just feel like you're like oh hey, uh, oh gosh, it's released on Arena November eleventh. Oh, wow. So, yeah, like in three weeks. So, spoilers uh, will Probably be starting very, very soon. My my calendar told me it would be this Monday, 
lasso. We'll see how accurate we were when we when we when we made that guess. Yeah, that that was a guess. That was a guess. It I feels think when about I right. The calendar out. There wasn't anything uh, solid. I just went based on like release dates and what they typically do. Yeah. So I think that's everything. So let's get into our homework from last week, which was um, a goldfish article where they mm-hmm. where Seth talked about. Um, Kind of power, power creep, creep, spectral bears, and it all runs epiphany. Yeah. So just very weird combination of words there. Yeah. So he basically looked at two mana, uh, three threes in green. Yeah. Um, the kind of general premise was that spectral bears was a card that saw play during its time. I mean, it, I guess it wasn't technically standard back then, but it was type two was what yes. they called it. Um, and it was a two-mana 3-3 three, three with a downside. Um, and that card saw competitive play at that point. And if you if I read you the card now, you would laugh at it. Like I said, it's a one and a green for a 3-3 three, three bear. And if it's declared as an attacker and defending player controls no black cards, it doesn't untap during your next untap phase. So if your opponent's not playing black, it only attacks every other turn. But a two-mana 3-3 beater was fantastic Like back when this card was printed. Um, I, I remember casting this card. I think I still have my original copies of it from Ooh. like back when I used to play Magic. Is that from Homelands? It is from Homelands, yeah. Ooh. Yep. But, I mean, you read that card now and it's laughable. Um I actually, <laughs> we're going to tie this all together because I've been struggling with a couple things lately. Um, I had sent Saffron Olive an email about this article. I'm waiting to hear back from him. It's only been a couple days and I know he's a busy guy. So I'm, I don't, you know, I'm not expecting a reply, but hopefully I get one. Um, and in the, in that email, I specifically said, you know, we went through, you know, we do this podcast admittedly on the smaller side and we try and you know broaden people's horizons and get people to think a different way about magic cards a little bit more competitive a little bit you know nailing strategy down and that sort of thing and part of that is card evaluations and we've done you know a couple episodes at this point on card evaluations and we didn't cover them during our learn to play series this time because Magic has changed a lot and the way cards are designed has changed a lot, you know, fire design and all that. And a lot of the material that has been produced and written on card evaluations is decades old at this point. I mean, some of it came out in the nineties. Some of them came out in the early two thousands. I don't think any of those like staple core like magic theory articles are current anymore. And if you've been with us for a while and you heard us talk about, um, you know, the philosophy of fire, basically what they did was they equated cards to lightning bolt, which is kind of like the de facto, like best card in slot, like one mana, three damage to any target. One card is like baseline for what you should um, evaluate a card on. So like a shock is basically lightning bolt, but one damage less. So it's slightly, 
if lightning bolt is equal to one card, shock is, you know, equal to slightly less than a card. But then they print things like Uro. Well, how, how many lightning bolts is Uro equal to? Like five. Like, I'm not even joking. Like four or five, somewhere in that ballpark. <clears throat> Yeah, basically an infinite number of lightning bolts. Like, if you have a deck full of lightning bolts and your opponent casts an Uro, I don't think you can cast enough lightning bolts to win the game. Yeah, like you... Imagine, like, your deck is just mountains and lightning bolts and your opponent's deck is just forests, islands, and uh, Uros. Like, Mm -hmm. you probably lose to the Uros? It'll be close. Right, like just try to figure like it depends on how many lands and spells you draw, but like yeah. they're gonna counter mm-hmm. enough of your lightning bolts with their arrows that you eventually just lose the game. Yeah. Uh, like like I said, I I don't think that you can cast enough lightning bolts to overcome an arrow. So what does that do to the value of a card? Like a card is not worth a lightning bolt anymore. If there's an Oko or an Uro in every set, I, I don't think you can value you know, baseline for a card can be lightning bolt anymore. It's just laughable. And like, I made that comparison in this email that I sent to Saffron Olive here because of what he talks about with spectral bears. So spectral bears, you know, I read it to you. That's what it does has kind of evolved over time. And some of the evolutions of spectral bears have seen play. Um, there's kind of a progression that he goes through in the article. Um, Albino Troll was the next Spectral Bears. It's a two-mana 3-3 three, three with Echo, meaning that you have to pay one and a green uh, at the beginning of the upkeep after the card comes into play or you sacrifice it. So it's four mana split over two turns for a 3-3. Three, three. Um, I, don't, I don't really remember that card. I don't know if that card's no. soft play or not. But the next one is Watch Wolf. Uh, Watch Wolf was an OG Ravnica, I think. Yes. Uh, it's a, a green and a white for a 3-3. Three, three, and that's it. So the first two cards, Spectral Bears and Albino Troll, both had a drawback. Like, in the text box of the card, a drawback. Watch Wolf is just a vanilla two-mana 3-3. Three, three. I guess its the drawback dr- is you have to play Planes. Yeah. Well, I mean, back then, playing Planes wasn't as bad a thing as it is now. But like but, it's just not yes, like a it monogreen was two colors. Thing. Yeah, yeah, right? that's yeah. its quote unquote drawback. Right. Um, and Watch Wolf saw play. Like th- yep. that was a good card when it was around. And then fast forward a couple of years, and we have Colonian Tusker, which is green green for a three three. So it's arguably better than Watch Wolf because you don't have to be in white to play it. You can play it in a mono green deck. You can play it in a green X deck. You're probably not going to play it in a green XX deck, but yeah. you know if you have one other color, you, you can probably get away with a Colonian Tusker. Um, and then the Colonian Tusker saw play, mm-hmm. and then fast forward a couple more years, and we get Fleece Mane Lion from uh, original Theros, I think, or was it Born of the Gods? No, I think it was Theros. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's that block. <laughs> Yeah. I lost many a game to a Fleece Mane Lion. Oh, yeah. Many a game. And Fleece Mane is kind of the next evolution from Colonian Tusker. Colonian Tusker 
was the first one, quote unquote, without a drawback because you didn't have to be playing two colors to play it. Um, Fleece Mane Lion is two colors. It's green, white, but it has upside. So not only does it not have, you know, a downside in the text box, but it has monstrosity. It can get bigger. When it gets bigger, it also is hexproof and indestructible. So it's not going anywhere. So we went from, you know, spectral bears that is laughable by today's standards to a card that was, you know, a tournament staple, saw play in multiple decks in the format and is, you know, a way better card. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get to Theros Beyond Death and we get a new Fleece Mane Lion in Bronze Hide Lion, which is a white and a green for a 3 3. You can pay a white and a green to give it indestructible to lend a turn. And when it dies, it comes back as an aura to protect something else that you have. So again, another, I don't know if it's quite as good, like at face value, I don't know if it's quite as good as Fleece Mane Lion, but very close. But in Magic in 2021, it saw no play. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like I don't know if Fleece Mane Lion, if you swapped mm. Brian Hatside Lion and Fleece Mane Lion... Yeah. Right. And like Fleece Main Lion came out in Theros Beyond Death. I don't know if it sees play either. Like Probably just like not. everything around it. Like if anything, it only had a few week window or a couple months to see play yeah. because then like, well, you had Uro. Mm-hmm. So like it's not blue. So that kind of hurts right. it. So you got to be Bant. And then you get right into like uh, Yorion and Ultimatum standard. Yeah right after that. So like it only would have a few months where it could actually see play. But yeah, yeah like it's not it's not an indictment of Bronze Hide Lion. It is on it is more powerful than Watch Wolf oh, and yeah. on par with Fleece Main Lion, but it just didn't see play because and this kind of illustrates this point. Cards like that can't see play in current magic. Yeah, I, I mean you read the card and like there's a reason it doesn't see play is because you read the card now and you're like, oh, this doesn't win me the game or snowball yeah. or, you know, work towards basically any game plan that's relevant. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, the game has changed is kind of, you know, what yeah. this progression is illustrating because every other version of this card has seen play. And then we get the Bronze Hide Lion and, like, nobody even thought about putting this card in decks. No, it was, like, bulk rare from the jump. Yeah. So we have one more version of Spectral Bear to talk about, and this kind of drives the point home. Because now, with um, Adventures in Forgotten Realms, we have Werewolf Pack Leader, which is green-green for a 3-3. So actual zero drawback. You don't have to be playing white. Basically, any green deck can play this card, and its text box is full of upside. There's no downside here. We don't have anything, you know, reminiscent of Spectral Bears or Albino Troll. No downside whatsoever. It's green green for a 3-3. If you attack with creatures with power 6 or greater, you get the draw card. So it snowballs. And then you can pump it up. 4 mana, you make it a 5-3 trample and it loses being a human. Yeah. And what Werewolf Pack Leader sees play in a bunch of places. Mm Mm-hmm. So looking back at that progression, you can see how you can see that those are all the same card. 
and you yes. can see how how they've gotten better over time and what it takes now to see play versus spectral bears, albino troll, watch wolf, um, fleece main lion, like all of those cards saw play. And now you have to be werewolf pack leader to see play. The yeah. reason we're talking about all of this, like power creep and how cards change over time is because of the next point that Seth makes in this article. And this is what like clicked in my head and made this whole like uh, card evaluations thing make sense to me. I think this was the missing piece for me where like, I, I kind of feel comfortable talking about this now. The reason we didn't do this in the learn to play series is because I couldn't wrap my head around why, like how to evaluate a card anymore because I, I couldn't describe what it was. And this point is what describes that. So he talks like that. This whole thing is describing power creep and where we are in magic right now is, you know, at some point in this, you know, power creep trajectory, we are at some point on that chart. And he goes on to talk about what's wrong with standard right now and last standard. And I guess the standard before or like two standards before that is they've been dominated with extra turn spells, even like not great ones like Nexus of fate was a good extra turn spell, but it was, I mean, it's certainly not time walk. It costs seven mana. Same thing with all runs epiphany. It's, you know, not a time warp. It costs two more mana than that. I know there's a little bit of upside there, but still like, it's not, we've had seven mana time walks before that didn't see play. Mm -hmm. And the point that Seth makes here is that it's not the extra turn spell. That's too good. It's the fact that the turn you're the turn you get to take with that extra turn spell is too good. If all of the cards in your deck have been affected by power creep and everything is to the point where it's hyper optimized and everything's got, you know, a, three different things in its text box, isn't aggressively costed and aggressively statted, then whatever you do with your extra turn is probably more than worth the extra turn spell, whatever mana you cost it at, whatever like the card does, that's not as important as like the turn is. So like we've talked about, you know, kind of like the value of like an attack step, right? Like when you like, mm -hmm. when you talk about like tempo, you're like, Oh, you know, you bounce their creature. So you use their mana and you like stole their attack step from them. Right. Yep. Right. Extra turn spells, give them extra mana give them an yep. attack step, give them planeswalker activations, right? So think about the Nexus of Fate decks. All mm -hmm. they wanted to do was stick it to fairy and then just keep plussing it. Yep. Right? And so every time they took an extra turn, they got an extra card. Plus yep. they got, so they replaced their extra turn spell with their planeswalker activation. Plus mm -hmm. they got all the mana back. Right? The Elrond's Epiphany decks, you know, they're getting attacks with the birds that it gives them. Mm -hmm. Plus now they're copying the spell right. and getting extra birds that actually then put a clock on your opponent and can win you the game. Yeah. Those birds snowball pretty quick. Right. And like if the only way that werewolf pack leader gives you an extra card 
is if you attack. Right. Every time you give your opponent an attack step, they're also getting an extra card. Yep. Right? Like if you if you just had Howling Mine, right? This is every time on each upkeep, each player draws a card, right? If you had personal Howling Mine, like just you draw an extra One card each. Yeah, you draw an extra yeah. card each upkeep, right? Every time, like, you just want to get to your upkeep again so you can draw that extra card. Right. So we keep making all these cards that have all this value, and mm-hmm. we've changed the value of a turn. Mm-hmm. Turns are way more valuable than they were 25 years ago. I mean, arguably, turns are more valuable now than they were five years ago. Oh, absolutely. So, like, Time Walk is a ridiculous card, like, by today's standards, by 15 years ago standards, right? Yeah. But, like, when Time Walk, when you cast it on turn two and it's Explore, right? Draw a card, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And put a land into play, it's fine. Even when it's like, I played a three mana 2 2 vanilla. Yeah. And then I cast a time walk and play a 2 2 with downside, a two mana 2 2 with downside. Mm-hmm. And I get to attack for seven. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's like a third of your life total. Okay. Now, like, I played my, my three mana spell. And it's a three mana four four. Yeah. Right. Then on turn four, I played a two mana three three and then took an extra turn. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, that three three also draws you a card and then you're attacking for 11, right? Yeah. Four and then seven and draw a card, right? That's way more impactful mm-hmm. than what it was when Time Walk was two mana. I mean, even not just Time Walk, like Time Warp isn't that old. No. And I mean like it's time... from it, it's from Tempest. Which when it was originally printed, yeah. but it was in right. But it was in M twelve. Yeah, it was in one of the core sets. Yeah. It was in a core set not a million years ago. Right. Right. Not to again, maybe like when I saw Time Warp in the um uh whatever in the Mystical Archive, I was like, oh cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think they were going to have to, like, ban it because it broke the format because, you know, they just gave you a free way to cast it. And then you just yeah. <laughs> never got to play the game again. But, yeah, like, but still, like, with Villamachus, right? Mm-hmm. If it was just, I'm going to cast Time Walk and then attack you with a five mana, or sorry, seven mana five five. Yeah. Like, that's not great. That fine, right? You earned it, mm-hmm. but actually, it costs four mana because you like sacrificed a dwarf token to go get it with create a uh, indomitable creativity. Yeah, and then you cast the time warp for free, and depending on how lucky you are, you just never allow your opponent to participate in the game ever again. Yeah, just take all of the rest of the turns until they're dead. Right. So like. Every time you attack with Villamachus, it's just a chance that your opponent doesn't play the game again. Mm-hmm. And when we had, you know, when it was Time Warp or Time Walk attacking with Shivan Dragon, that yeah. Shivan Dragon didn't get to cast you another Time Walk. Right. Right. You had to draw it or yeah. have multiple. It didn't draw in your you hand. a card and cast it for free. Yeah. You're the best spell in your top six or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So, like, it's just each time you get to go through your turn cycle, you accrue so much value mm-hmm. that your opponent just can't really recover. Yeah. And that's not how it used to be. Like, it was like, oh, okay. Time warp. Oh, cool. All right. I get that sucks. They'll play a land. Because it, wait, people cast a time warp and you're like, okay, maybe they'll just like play a land and say go. Right. Maybe they just played explore. Right. Right. Five minute explore. That's bad. That never happens now. Never, ever. It's like Elrond's Epiphany. And it's like, am I going to untap? And you're no, like, because oh. they're, they're going to Epiphany and like cast a Goldspan Dragon, get two of their mana back from the Goldspan Dragon, play a land for turn, and like, I mean, cast they can another cast- one? Yeah. 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 It's just very. All of the mana. Very different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I had like one other thought on this topic that I'm going to let everybody in on a little secret. I'm not the smartest guy on the planet. <laughs> um, I don't think my brain can fix this, but I think that this opens up space for somebody with a smarter brain to do some work that I don't think anybody has done for a while. Kind of like I said at like the beginning of my uh, little monologue here about this article, um, there has been some work done into like card evaluations. Um, we talked about the Mike Flores article. We talked about the Patrick Chapin article. Um, even a little bit of who's the beatdown kind of factors into like card evaluation stuff. But really nothing's been done since then. And I think Patrick Chapin's article was like the late 2000s maybe. So like benefit of the doubt, it was at least 10 years ago. And I don't really think anybody's playing around in that same space anymore. But the implications of what Seth says in his article here I think kind of opens up some room for people to play in that space again, which is kind of why I wanted to give this as homework and like ask you guys to read it before we just talked about it on the show, try and get the juices flowing, your brains turning a little bit. Um, I think that this changes the value of tempo as well, because like if the value of everything you're doing increases, like the reason, like that is what gives the extra turn spells more value is the extra turn spells give you the ability to cast all of your spells again. So the extra turn spells are increasing the chance for you to like cast multiple of your like power creeped, more valuable cards. Yeah. Doesn't that also mean that like the value of tempo should increase? Like if you're playing thing. I guess let's go back and define tempo real quick. Tempo is um, denying your opponent one of the resources that they get out of a turn cycle. Yeah, one of the so, one of the resources the game engine guarantees them. Yeah, right? like, like your land drop, your attack step, your untap step, things you get every turn. Mm-hmm. So if all of those things are worth more now, that's what we're saying with all of this about the extra turn spells about power creep with spectral bears is that, you know, the, the opportunity to cast those powerful spells is more important. Now, wouldn't that also mean that things that give you tempo are more important? 
Yeah, I, I think we're already seeing this, right? In that, um, so sometimes we talk about mono red burn, that mm-hmm. burn is secretly a card advantage deck because yeah. all the cards your opponent didn't get to cast because they're dead yeah. is card advantage for you. Right. We're like, oh, I ended the game with zero cards in hand. You ended the game with five cards in hand. I guess I'm up five cards and you're dead. Mm-hmm. Right, because you never got to utilize your resources. Yeah, I think that we're seeing maybe not with tempo, but with the like rise of aggro. Right, the format has split into the resource I'm going to deny you is time. So okay. I'm going to be really aggressive. Right, so yeah. you've got like if I get to seven mana, you lose. Like all the decks, right? Mm-hmm. Don't let me get to seven mana or you die. And so there are decks that are like, fine, my whole goal is to not let you get to seven mana. Mm -hmm. Right? And so the format has broken in a way that you're trying to deny your opponent turns. Yeah. But like you lose like, I don't know, every game that like your opponent casts an Auron's Epiphany. Right. So they're just like, yeah, we can't ever let you cast this spell. Yeah. I, so, I guess like I was thinking more in terms of like traditional tempo though and not like card advantage through denial. Yeah. Like where I see what you're saying where you're like, you know, a deck where you can, you know, bounce a thing or like, you know, tax well, their mana or whatever. Yeah. But like, but tempo decks typically, right? Tempo without a clock yeah. doesn't work. Right. right. So like, in theory, they've given us Delver. They've not given mm-hmm. Delver a lot of friends in this right. format, but you have Delver. So, right, like the reason Delver and Legacy works is I'm going to have a 3-2. Mm-hmm. It's going to make you dead in seven turns. Yeah. Now, my entire game plan is to not let you do anything to mess with my Delver for seven right. turns. So how am I going to do that? I'm going to wasteland you off a of land. I'm yep. going to cast a free counter spell to make sure yep. you can't get set up. I'm going to cast yep. another free counter counter spell when you go to like answer my Delver. Yep. Right? Like you you do all these little annoying things to buy yourself seven turns. Mm-hmm. And like the the thing is is that we've had those decks in standard recently. Oh, semi-recently, right? And I feel like they've been, like, miserable and too good. Okay. Right, so think about, like, mono blue tempo. Like, like mono blue poopers? Yeah, mono blue poopers. Okay. Right? That, that deck was, like, miserable to play against. It was. It was good, but, like, it wasn't a good play experience. And well, then, like... I guess, like, that deck was kind of pre what we're talking about though kind of kind of or blue green flash yeah i guess right? that that was where, like where you just never get to resolve a spell yeah they're like you know if you don't cast if you cast something it's quenched if you don't cast something they play uh brian brian born cutthroat yeah right and so like i feel like with the power creep when when a tempo deck is good it's almost the only thing to do, right? Because yeah. 
hey, like it's clock plus disruption. Perfect. And now yeah. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be tempo decks, but I think the problem is, is that like even think about how good like rogues was like, didn't like we just play rogues for like. Yeah, I mean, rogues was a l- it was a tempo deck, but it was a little bit more of a control deck than a tempo deck. It was, it was, but like that same kind of thing. Like I just, with the way cards are, right? If you're like, turn is worth more, right? Yeah. Then denying you part of your turn is worth more. Mm-hmm. And like you just end up in a situation where like when those decks are good, they kind of push everything out. Like yeah. it kind of comes back to we've we've complained a lot about there not being mid range, yeah, right. I don't know if we. I think the last format that you could play Siege Rhino, the like ultimate mid range card, mm-hmm. and not get laughed out of your tournament was um, Guilds of Ravnica. Yes. Right, like green black. Yeah. That, right. that, I was just going to say that's probably the last mid-range deck that I can think of. Right. And then everything has kind of gotten pushed out because when the tempo decks are good, you know what you can't do? Tap four mana. Know. Yeah, you can't yeah. play something for four mana. Uh, right. That's the only thing that kind of even kept fires in check was yeah. Simic. Right. Because like, what do you need to do? I need to play a four mana sorcery speed enchantment. And they're it just like... Nothing. No. And you're like, okay, yeah. cool. I guess I I guess I can't win. Now I'm gonna play a five mana thing. Also no. no. And you know, oh my thing that said no was also a three two. So yeah. take six, take six, take six, you're dead. Okay. So you're right that like tempo goes up and aggro goes up as yeah. like extra turn spells and just like things that snowball go up. Mm-hmm. Right. And but like you you run into the, the spot where and it might just be an arena thing, right? Because we're not playing in person, yeah. right? That it's just like, oh, this works. And we're just yeah, going to so ride, gonna ride this. That. We're just yeah. going to ride this. So it's like so like right now, apparently, like the like there's a lot of mono white running around mm-hmm. because like it's something that can get under um epiphany dragons yeah right and so it's like mono white you're either i don't play anything that costs more than three mana Mm -hmm. or i play seven drops nothing in between right right because like the in-between stuff lets you get to the seven drops right right so you're like oh they play a planes i feel really good they play an island you're just like scoop them up can't can't ever win yeah so like we we end up pushing things out and so you're right, like tempo and aggro do go up in value, but I worry if they try to plant um, a tempo deck, mm-hmm. which I feel like mono blue and mono green were both, or not mono green, uh, Simic, Simic Flash, were yeah. both like plants, Where and I feel like they missed and made them a little too good. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, like, cool. Like, it's like rock, paper, scissors. And if you run up against like the rock in your scissor, you're just like, I can't do anything. Yeah. This is no fun. So something else we had talked about, I think we talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it at the, in the last pre-show or in the show was 
talking about siege right now. Uh, we talked about temporal t- trespass. Yeah. And how yeah, that I think part- it was at the tail end of last episode we talked okay. about it. Yeah, just like thinking about it's kind of like um, when when Ponder was in standard yeah. years ago and people didn't play Ponder. Right. Right? It's like why would I why do I want to play Ponder? Right. And so like, you know, did we miss the boat in cons? Was there like secretly another deck we should all been playing where we were just like temporal trespassing people? Or were the cards not quite at the power level that they are now? I, th- I think that's more it. And that's kind of like why I was using that as an example is think about that standard. Like the best deck was like Abzan Midrange mm-hmm. with Siege Rhinos and uh, Elspeths and whatever. And like there really wasn't a big top end for you to abuse with your extra turn spells. No. And they're really like that card was triple blue also, yes. which made it kind of awkward because there wasn't like there was also in the middle of when mana was fantastic and you could play like you know, three colors splashing a color relatively free. Moist Abzand. Yeah. Or dark just guy. Yes. Um like when your mana base is set up to just do the most powerful things out of four colors, triple blue is pretty tough to get. So like, I think there are reasons why that deck never materialized, but that kind of illustrates like the point of power creep though, is that, you know, if your opponent's siege raining you on turn four, you know, attacking, draining you for three, and then going to whack you with a rhino the next turn, like you probably don't have time to set up, you know, an eleven mana time walk. Yeah. yeah, even if you can like knock it knock it down. I I just think yeah. about like remember when, oh gosh, Emrakul, the promise end, mm-hmm. and like one of the decks that showed up at the Pro Tour was just how quickly can I cast an Emrakul? Like that yeah. was the entire thing. Turbo I, Delirium. Yeah, Turbo Delirium. Like I feel like if we were like if they printed Temporal t- Trespass in Crimson Val, yeah, I feel like there would just be a deck that's just trying to like on turn three cast Temporal cast Trespass. It. Yeah, probably. You know, you're just like gonna like play the the blue spell from this set that like lets you put three cards in the graveyard, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna go three in the yard. Then you're gonna be like Seder Wayfinder. Yeah, and you're be like, all right, hopefully we got there. Yeah. Or like turn four, just like every game, turn four, I have it. Yeah. And it's it's just odd that like that didn't happen. And it might be like we said, like the cards weren't, the value of the extra turn wasn't as high as it is now to jump through the hoops. Yeah. That'd be, it'd be an interesting experiment though. Like if, if that gets stuck onto historic somewhere to see if people are just like, vomit my library. Yeah, I mean, turn. That, like that could be, like that could be the thing is missing, right? Is like you're like, yeah. oh, this is something that like we didn't think about seven years ago, but yeah. now like the current Magic player is just like, oh, extra turns are like super good. I just have to always get an extra turn. So like, thought scour, thought scour, thought scour. Let's yeah. go. Like with fetch lands too. You're like fetch thought scour. Yeah, Stitcher supplier. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So. 
it would be interesting to see because like it just feels like with current cards and the way people build decks like that would see play yeah so i think the the short end of it is like of this whole discussion is like the value of a turn has changed yeah because the value of cards have changed yeah right and like we've not like i don't think design has caught Mm -hmm. up but i feel like players have caught up yeah, th- there was one more thing that I included in that email that I sent out to Saffron Olive where I mentioned that it might be a sliding scale also. Because if you think about it, like, I mean, obviously, the like less the mana that you spend to cast your extra turn spell allows you to like double spell on the turn you cast it and then, you know, do two more things on the next turn that, you know, get you even more value and like really snowball but i think the value of a turn scales also like if you have a time walk that you're like you mentioned you know you cast on turn two and it's basically just an explore that's probably not as valuable as casting that extra turn spell on turn six or seven so like the early turns are worth less than your late turns yeah which kind of like I think that's another piece of this puzzle also is that like if you're trying to, you know, put a metric on a card that, you know, a card is a card is a lightning bolt and things are either more than a lightning bolt or less than a lightning bolt, that also depends on when you're casting that card as well. Yeah. If that makes any sense mm-hmm. to you. No, I think so. Like right, like, you know, you you can't, even though a gold span dragon kind of only costs three mana. Right. You can't cast it on turn three. Not you, easily, at least. Oh, yeah. not. I guess you can. <laughs> you can. But, like, you can't. The red black deck says you can. Or the, the, the red green deck. Yeah. Right. But I guess more, my point was, like, you need to get to five or six mana so that you can, like, play your extra turn and then like play a gold span the following turn. Yeah. Or like, you know, God forbid, like play your gold span attack and have seven mana off of like some treasures you had laying around. Right. And then cast your extra turn spell. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's like, Oh, okay. That is, that is very good. Yeah. Right. And would, and you can't do that with in theory. You can't do that with time walk on turn two. Right. Right, I think if Time Walk was in standard now, like it wouldn't get cast till turn five. Oh, absolutely. Right. Well, it, I mean, smart players wouldn't, but you know how many bad brainstorms I saw get cast when it was legal and historic. Oh, infinite! Like I would say, the vast majority I, I would, of them were awful. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure that there would be bad Time Walks cast as well, if there is such a thing. Yeah, I mean, but I guess my point being like. You would like gold span use the treasure cast time walk. Yeah. Would be like the line. And oh, just, that's disgusting. Yeah. Like you just be like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool, 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 cool. So yeah, you just have the like just every time you get to untap upkeep draw and then go through the rest of your turn. Yeah. It's so much more than it used to be. Even, even in Theros block, not or, or sorry, or cons block, right? Yeah. And for all the listeners, 
we go back to Khan's block all the time because, like, that was when we, like, started playing competitively. Well, and it's I, not just that. I mean, that was, I think, by every metric, one of the best. Like, it yes. was a great draft format. It was a great standard format. Like, that was kind of a golden age where everything just worked. Nobody was complaining about bands. It was just good magic. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't know how much of it is, is nostalgia, but, like, yeah. it does feel like that was, like, how the game was supposed to be. Yeah. And it, like, pretty much made it through that entire standard, like, all the way through having dragons, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the dragons block, like, cons, fate, and dragons. Yeah. The only, the only time that got a little, like, wonky was, like, your favorite deck. <laughs> which was like four color rally yeah but right. that i mean that really wasn't even until bfz yeah because the mana base couldn't support it until bfz yeah, was but it around was, but like that was the only time I was like yeah we're not we're this is not magic as richard garfield intended it yeah. but but at the same time though i would much rather like i feel like that deck was a deck that was like oops we backed into a deck yeah Right, the community found the deck. I feel like a lot of times now there's a lot more like, well, these were the four decks from the future future league, yeah. And I guess those decks need to be good and standard. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's like, yeah, we're just gonna like make dragons. It's like, okay, cool, thank you. Well, and, I, we're I mean, that's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of like my story about that deck too, though. Like when we talk about net decking, I bring up that deck because it took me like the that entire standard season to tune that deck but it wasn't until the like two weeks left in that standard format that that deck even existed yeah like there was actual no time in that standard like that deck made it the entirety of standard without being discovered and then like two weeks before half the deck rotated out people were like oh this deck's really good i thought i thought it won the january like the first like GP in like January, like Oakland, like GP Oakland, um, like it, it maybe it I like, don't know. I said maybe it had like six weeks or something, but like it yeah it wasn't long like or six months or something, but it it went to like like it wasn't like now where like I think that deck would be found relatively quickly, yeah right, but you know I feel like now a lot of the decks are just like here are these plants yeah build this deck and that deck was like hey here's a bunch of random stuff right um and we're gonna put it together and like we're gonna hope that it works and it's like oh it does oh yeah. no well, maybe no maybe you're right because maybe it was um like because it had baby jason in it. it yeah and nantuko husk is what made the deck tick yeah, 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 yeah. uh I don't know why I'm thinking about GP Oakland, a thing I definitely did not go to. Yeah. Uh, I remember it wasn't around for long. I got to play it in one event, I think. Like gotcha. one big event. One big event. Because I, I played it at um, like a standard classic. Gotcha. Because I did really well. Because <laughs> I, I did really well. Um, That's how I got my lilies, man. Oh, I won yeah. my lilies. 
Uh, I'm actually going got to oh. build junk because of that deck. Okay, hey, good job, me. I figured you were looking up tournament results. I I am. Uh, so man, I'm good. GP Oakland 2016. Josh yeah. McLean in the top eight with Rally the Ancestors. Okay. So it was it was that January. So like it lasted. Did it have Baby Jason at that point? Yes, it had Jace Vintage Prodigy. So it was like the. Like from that, it was like it made it all the way until like basically before the next set came out. So that would have been like Oath? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it had, cause it had Zillaport Cutthroat, Catacomb Sifter. So yeah, it was yeah. right before Oath. And it like hung around yeah. for like that six months. But yeah, it like Rally had been out for 18 months before like anyone did anything with it. Right. Uh and you know who won you know who won this one, right? Who won this who won? GP? One Captain America. Reed Duke. Yeah. Won it with Captain America. Won it with Rally the Ancestors. Ta da. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I remembered the tournament result from <laughs> two thousand sixteen. I was like, I think it won that. But then you have like <laughs> blue obzon and yeah. yeah there's a there's a ton of rally the ancestors there's like three of them in the top eight yeah there's three in the top eight but yeah basically like it didn't exist for the longest time and then it just had like this window and then like i think we got the good eldrazi after that yeah yeah um but yeah but we just don't have we don't have those kind of decks anymore in the, yeah, no, you're right. It seems like everything's a plant now. Like it seems like everything's like they built the deck and they're like, "Huh, we want this deck to be good." Yeah. And the problem is, is when you do that, like if you miss just a little bit, that's like the only deck, right? I'm sure right. they were like, "Oh, Elrond's Epiphany is fine at seven mana." It's like, well, yeah, but you made it six, yeah, and like uninteractable, so that mm-hmm. might be a problem. Like, oh, oh yeah. So, like, now there's nothing to do other than, like, play Elrond's Epiphany. Like, if you're going to play Islands, like, you should mm-hmm. just have Epiphany in your deck. And that, like, kind of makes that like makes deck building less interesting. Because mm-hmm. even decks that aren't good Epiphany decks, it's just like, well, why wouldn't I have it? And and, I like, mean, it makes coverage bad, too. Yes, yeah, like, whose turn is this? Well, this is his third turn in a row. Oh. I mean, not just that, but when every deck's the same, it's like, oh, he played an island. It's an epiphany deck. I bet you he's going to play some red lands, too. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have, like... I mean, there were, like, four different builds of, like, Abzan in that and cons. It was like, are you Abzan control? Like, aggro? More mid-rangey? Right? No, no. No, it's just, like... No, we're we're just Abzaning it here. Could you imagine? Yeah, and, like there were reasons to be each of those like sub archetypes too. And like week to week. Yeah. So I'm just looking at could a card like Warden of the First Tree top eight a tournament now? I mean, we have a card like Warden of the First Tree and it has done nothing. Oh yeah, we do. Like War- <laughs> Warden of the Snow Island. Yeah. 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 I love the nothing. card, but it just like can't compete with what the rest Stone of the unplayable. Yeah. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Warden of the First Tree is green for... Okay, was this a mythic? It was, yeah. 
dear God. Okay, he was green for a 1-1, and he paid one uh, white-black hybrid, and you made it like a uh, a 3-3. Three, three. Mm-hmm. Then you played two white-black, white-black hybrid, and it became a spirit warrior with trample and life link, but it stayed a 3-3. Three, three. And mm-hmm. he played six mana total, and it like became a spirit with five plus one plus one counters. So it became an eight eight with trample and life link. Yeah. Like now you would just like get annihilated. They'd just be like, yeah, sure. Uh, Infernal grasp it. Good talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like yeah, we have that card. It comes like a four four flyer that like puts curiosity on itself, and it's like yeah, it's not good enough. Not good enough. Not good enough. Um. So. All right, so there we go. We've got all that stuff. Let's talk about them bands. Yeah, how about them bands? So it was a weird BNR. It was. So they did a BNR, and it is super weird. I didn't read all of it. Uh, I just the beginning was like, yeah, we're not banning stuff in standard, and here's like three paragraphs as to why we don't think it's so bad. Yeah. Stop complaining. <laughs> and it's like okay cool thank you for listening to your customers um right. so they moved brainstorm from suspended to banned. banned yep gone for good gone for good who could have seen that coming i don't know i don't know who thought that like brainstorm and delver would have been okay in historic together and dragon race chandler like they just basically put like a legacy deck into historic yeah. And then we're like, oh, why can't the other decks compete? Yeah. I don't know. Because it's a legacy deck. Right. Um, and they got rid of Tybalt's Trickery. They did. Because apparently Tybalt's Trickery with Throws of Chaos mm-hmm. was too good. It was. Surprise, I mean, that's surprise. all you saw in like the best of one cues. So um, that's good. Like, I. Yep. I have not played Historic since, um, oh, whatever it is, Jumpstart. Yeah. Uh, so I've kind of avoided it, but mm-hmm. good to know. I had yep. I had thought about putting it together, and I was just like, nah, that seems like work. Yeah. I mean, and I got eight wild cards out of the BNR, so I'm happy. I think with I got. That. I think I got like. Yeah, I think I got eight as well. Yeah. And then. Um, they suspended memory lapse. Yep. Which, like, I think we can all agree. Was that, miserable to play against. Yeah, like, put counterspell in. Like, why was counterspell too good yeah. and memory lapse fine? We're just right. talking about the value of a turn. Right. Memory lapse is like a sneaky time walk. It, like, eliminates yeah. your draw step. And yep. it, it is basically just time walk. Yeah, it like I had multiple games where like my opponent like had three memory lapses and they were dead to me resolving a spell and then they won the game. Right. Because like I just drew the same card four turns in a row. Yep. And it's just but like it was coming and could answer. Yeah, it's like how 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 did it, right, because they're like they get to draw a bunch and they're like, Oh yeah, that can resolve and then I'll kill it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Cool. So you just are like, yeah, put it back on top. I don't care. Put it back on top. Put it back on top. Oh, it resolves. Kill it. It's like, oh. yep. 
Right, counterspell, just like, yeah, put it in the trash can. Move on with your life. Would have been better than than memory lapse. Yep. Right, like, like, to the point where it's like, should we be, like, playing memory lapse in legacy in some numbers? Just like... Um, I mean, it's, maybe. It's different, right, because usually the thing that's happening is so powerful that you don't want it to, like, happen Ever again. have a chance of resolving. Ever yeah. have a chance of resolving, but, like, I don't know, you could see, like, in a Delver deck, like, yeah, put that on top. Go ahead. Okay, now I'll daze it. Yeah. Now that you, like, wasted a turn. Okay, cool. Um. So, yeah, Memory Lapse was just... Ugh, just yeah, it was awful. Ugh. Right. So, so, like, these, these bans and restrictions or whatever are fine. I don't think anybody's complaining about them. And, I mean, Tybalt's Trickery and Brainstorm... People saw coming from a mile away and, you know, memory lapse people were complaining about. So I think they're all fine. But there was some weird stuff in this BNR, too. Okay. I don't because remember it, so. they digitally eroded. Oh, God, yeah. The jumpstart cards that had digital-only keywords. Yeah, so. I, I don't know. Okay. It, so- there was, like, a whole thing in there about how. Like they want to make historic even more so a digital only format, mm-hmm. and this so, is a way where they can make sure that it's it stays a digital only format. So they had like the whatever a faceless nerd guy or whatever the yeah the it was a three mana two one that like yep. when it came in it did the weird draw card thing. Yeah, um, seek the creature. Yeah, it would seek a creature or something, right? They made this. They made it a two-two, so it's yep. still unplayable. Congratulations. Um, it, it sees some play. It sees some. It's like a fill-in for like whatever tribe you're playing. Yeah. But more just like that's not helping it. Right. Right. Like now it's a three mana two-two. It's like that's that, that like kind of draws you a card. Like okay, cool. That that would have been like mind-boggling in like two thousand, but right. now it's just like okay. Yeah, I mean, now we have, uh, was it Lanawar Emissary or whatever at Common? Yeah. Three mana draw card, mana dork. <laughs> yes. And then you had, um, so if you, if anyone knows, so they put Vesperlock in the format, and Vesperlock, yeah. when it dies, can return a creature from your graveyard to the battlefield with power one or less, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's a two-one, so if there was a combo where you would use the perpetually mechanic, yep. and use Davriel's Withering to make it a one minus one. So when right. it would die, it could target itself and just infinitely return itself. Yep. Uh, which then you could kill someone if you had like a Meat Hook Massacre or one of the uh, Blood Artist Blood whatever. Artist creatures, right? And then they changed Davriel. To make his perpetual, uh, because you could do the same thing uh, with Davriel. Right. So they made it so that card, uh, Davriel's Withering and Davriel can only target your opponent's creatures. Yep. So it breaks up the combo. And then they like took some unplayable Sarkin and like took, made it zero a plus one. And I forget what the other card was. Yeah. The other ones I don't think mattered. Yeah. So. Uh, they were talking on limited, re- not limited resources, gosh, on um, Arena, uh, Deck, Arena List. Deck List 
about how, okay, cool. But now you got four Vesper Larks that like that card is wildly unplayable. Yeah. But you got four Vesper Larks for your Vesper Lark Davriel's Withering combo deck. Mm -hmm. And they changed Davriel's Withering. And now you're stuck with Vesper Larks. And Davriel's Witherings. And Davriel's Witherings. And Davriel, which was a mythic. Right. And usually, like, um, like on, I don't know, did you ever play like Eternal or Hearthstone? No, I haven't. Okay, my other experience is with Eternal. And every so often they would rebalance cards. Mm -hmm. And they would let you not get rid of other cards, but like you could dust the cards that they changed at an increased rate. So, like, instead of being four rares to a to make a rare effectively wild card, yeah, they would be like one to one. They'd be like, you know what? We changed this card. We know it might have like screwed up your deck, so we're gonna give it to you for free. And yeah. I think they would also let you change, like, get rid of other cards at like a, yeah. a at like an improved rate during like like a five day window or something. Like, you have mm-hmm. the rest of this week that you can come in and make changes. And Wizards was just like, yeah, we changed uh, this stupid mythic to not be what you, the card that you purchased. Right. You're stuck with it now. Yeah, it's yours now. Gotcha. How, how them apples taste. And you're just like, but I, like, I wouldn't have bought this card if it had the text it currently has on it. Yeah. So, like, now you've, yes, you've not banned my deck, but. You banned the interaction that made my deck functional out of my deck. Yeah. So you've effectively banned my deck, right? Like if they were like, if they changed how Vampire Hexmage worked, so it couldn't, so it said non-land on it. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you didn't ban the Dark Depths combo, but I can't play the Dark Depths combo anymore. Right. Might so, as well play lands now. Yeah. So like, I've got to play a different deck. And like that's that's not cool, right? Right. Yeah, and I so, actually hadn't thought about that. That uh, kind of makes me angry now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> there you go, right? Because like you have like so like they banned Tibalt Shrikery, which you should have known this was coming. Yes, you were not playing Magic anymore. Right. You were just like whatever, right? So they banned Tibalt Shrikery, and you had a bunch of like. Ugins and Ulamogs that you crafted specifically to trickery people. Yep. And what did they do? They made it so you're not going to get to play your Ugins and your Ulamogs anymore. Right? Because, like, you didn't get those cards to, like, ramp into them. Right. You, you got, got those to cheat with trickery. To cheat with trickery. And now trickery is gone. And you're like, now I'm stuck with like, now I'm down like six mythic wild cards. Yeah. I can't build, you know, uh, my Elrond Epiphany standard deck because I burnt my wild cards playing Tibalt Trickery. Yep. And now I can't play Trickery either. Yep. So that like, that just leaves like a bad taste. Like they should almost be like, hey, we're banning Tibalt Trickery. We're going to give you like, you know, Eight rare wild cards. 
Yeah, to make up for yeah. some portion of the difference. To some portion of like what you invested in the deck. Yeah. To uh, uh, to actually play it because like doing this just kind of leaves people out to dry. Yeah. But yeah, I don't like. We had talked about this like changing cards on arena. Yeah. Uh, like changing like you know when they did the mirror mirror event. Yeah, I was trying to think of what what it was called. It was called Mirror Mirror. Right. And so we were like, eh, changing like cards that are like actual cards is not a good look because then people, if they play in paper, are like, you know, hey, my Oko. That's not how it works on Arena. That's not how it works on Arena. Right. Which judges will tell you they hear all the time. That's not how it worked on Magic Online. Right. I, w- I wonder how much that like playing in paper, if that ever happens again. Like yeah. at a GP, how many times like the the pre the the players meeting will be like I don't care how it happens on Arena, <laughs> it must work by the actual rules of Magic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just not. Hopefully, Historic is a better format mm-hmm. uh, without memory lapse and you know brainstorm and stuff. But like, you do just like end up pricing people out. Yeah, I don't think I've been on since the bans took effect I've neither have i kind of a busy week but yeah next week hopefully i'll uh i'll have some time to get into arena with your brand new tablet yeah yeah man i've been putting off buying a tablet for so long <laughs> stealing your wife's tablet and finally you're just like you know what i'll get my own yeah yeah all right so they banned some stuff in historic and separated people from their wild cards and thus their money and they, they were did. like, you know what else we should do? Get more money. Yes, right. Secret layers, baby. Yeah, we got new secret layers. Like three of um, them? Uh, more than three. There's a bunch of them in here. Dear God. So we get, we'll go through them kind of piece by piece, but I'm just going to list them off here. We have the Stranger Things universes beyond secret layer. We have a monster movie marathon secret layer. Okay. We have a showcase midnight hunt secret lair. We have read the fine print, uh, thrilling tales of the undead, monster anatomy, and mirrored insanity. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, the stranger thing. Or did you pull them up? Have you looked at them? I just pulled them up now. I know you, you said in the pre-show that you haven't seen all of them. I had not. So the uh, the stranger thing secret lair. It's I think everybody thing. knows, yeah, my stance on universes beyond. I'm not super happy with it. Um, I think this one is a little bit better than other universes beyond stuff for two reasons. Number one is the cards aren't great. Like, I think they're of a power level where they are only appealing to like more casual players, people that care about like the people that would care about uh stranger things, secret lair, like having the stranger things versions are the people that would care about these cards. I don't think they're powerful enough to see play like competitively anywhere, which is realistically all that I care about. So yeah. I don't think I'm going to see these like in my interaction with the game that much which is exactly where I would like my universes beyond stuff to be. 
If someone really loves the show, they can like use them as their commander because they put like a new like commander commander centric mechanic on all of them. Yeah. Right. So it's like, cool. I like Stranger Things. I want to like make a Stranger Things theme deck. Mm -hmm. I can do that. Yeah. And I think that's fine. I think you are right. Like, I worry about like, um, like ones that are like two and three mana, because if they miss, they stand a chance to show up everywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean, like that's what I had looked at first. Was I didn't even look at the more expensive ones. I just looked at the two and three mana ones, and, yeah, and I don't not think good. any of them are powerful enough to like worry about showing up in legacy or anything. They all seem of a pretty tame power level. Yeah. Um, But then on top of that, they also said that they're going to put regular versions of these into the list. So the same card, but with like a magic universe artwork and name. Yeah. So uh, I I thought described as like, the reverse Godzilla treatment. Yeah. Where it might be like, you know, uh, I don't know, Bob, the the wizard of numerology. Yeah. And then under it is like 11, the mage. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, as opposed to um, like, you know, before it was like, you know, whatever, whatever, like space Godzilla. And then like the name of the card. Yeah. It's like first the real name and then the, the fake name under it. Yeah. Uh, and they apparently are increasing the drop rate. So yeah, it, I hadn't heard this. You you were telling me about this in the pre-show. So apparently, usually you get a list card one in every four packs. Yeah. They are saying they're going to make these cards show up one in every eight packs. So, like, every other list slot is going to be one of these cards. Yeah, I was worried about that as well. Um, Like, my thought process was the Walking Dead drop supposedly was, like, the best-selling secret lair that they've done so far. And if this Stranger Things one follows suit, like, there would be given the previous like distribution of list cards there would be significantly more secret lair versions of these cards than ones with like magic ip on them yeah so i think if they're changing the distribution like that disparity will be more equal um if they didn't do that like the magic ip ones would be like insanely valuable because yeah. they would be the only versions and you know, the chance of pulling any individual list card are like astronomical. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I don't even know like how many, I don't think I've done the math on how many packs you have to open to get a specific list card. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, also this is also an interesting experiment, right? If they still sell a lot of these. Yeah. Even though people know that they're going to be relatively common, yeah, in like, and I guess like three sets, right? Because it's new, whatever new Capenna, new Capenna, right? So it's like it's three sets from now, right? Like, if this still sells well, 
mm-hmm. then like it doesn't matter if they put them on the list, right? Right. It just matters that they exist. Right. So it's like, yeah, they can be cheap magic versions, but we can still sell them for a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. So then we've got our continuing of making unusual arts for cards. And we yeah. have the uh, Mirrored Insanity. Yeah. And so these are the... Um, the artifact common, lands from Mirrodin. Yeah, the common artifact lands. Yeah. And they... I was described as like pixel art. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it doesn't really show up that well in these images, but like if you if you zoom in and make them big, you can obviously tell they're pixel art. Okay. Um, a secret for my co-host and the listeners. Uh, I'm going like rapidly blind. Like, oh, yeah? I, need, I need glasses. So oh. open enrollment um, uh, in, for insurance. So I now have vision coverage. So uh. I will be getting glasses soon. <laughs> like I just can't. I'm doing the old man like trying to find the correct distance to gotcha. see things. To see, I, I can see far away. Fine. But anything yeah. close up is just in the, these kind of are like. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot going on if yeah. you're having trouble focusing for sure. Yeah, so they're fine. I'm sure yeah, it'll make someone happy. Yeah, there's a... Um, I mean, it's kind of weird timing. There's a popular, like, altarist that does pixel art. Okay. For, like, altars and stuff. The reason it's kind of weird timing is... I know I talked to you about this. I don't know, like, how many of our listeners caught on, but there was, like, a big thing in the, like, proxy world... Um, a couple of weeks ago where one of the, and I don't want to get into all of it here, but some things were said about um, like people making their own proxies versus like people doing alters and basically like nuked everything. And like a whole bunch of websites were taken down a whole bunch of uh, Google drives full of card images were removed and, I believe, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I want to say this on the show because I don't know if it's factually correct or not, but I believe that the pixel artist was one of the people involved in that. Gotcha. So it's just kind of a weird timing that like all of that happened. And then the next secret layer is kind of an obvious like ripoff of what one of these altruists does. I mean, they, they definitely commissioned it before the drama, but yeah. they might, I'm sure. But it's not, it was, it's not the same artist. For yeah. Either. But I'm, I'm sure that yeah. they are aware of what is going on on social media in terms yeah. of like, if this person's getting tons of likes and retweets for doing pixel art alters. Yeah. I'm sure they're like, we should probably do some pixel art alters. These look really popular. Yeah. And then what kind of like terrible punny name can we come up with? And they were like, <laughs> Mirrodin got- Sanity. Perfect. What cards from Mirrodin? I don't know. The land. Sweet. Done. Ship it. Yeah. Do it. Next up, we have uh, Monster Anatomy. Yeah. I don't really like these ones that much. 
um, if you think of like your local butcher shop and the poster they have on the wall that shows like the different cuts of meat from a pig, that's kind of what these are. They're like cutaway versions of creatures in magic yeah, that or highlight like, like different parts of their anatomy. Yeah, or like um like how you, what you would see like in an anatomy book where they're like they zoom in on certain sections and they have like the like kind of like a cutaway of like the different layers of the monster. Yeah. And like I'm sorry, but you know, you've got Ilharg the race board, the big pig. You've got yeah. Galasheth's son's avatar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Trash Master, fine. Protean <laughs> Hulk, fine. And then Fleet Swallower? Is anyone Fleet playing Swallower. Fleet Swallower anywhere? I mean, these are obviously EDH cards. They are, but like, is Fleet a Swallower an yeah, EDH card? Yeah, people play Fleet Swallower in EDH. This is why I don't play EDH. Like, any car, any yeah. format that Fleet Swallower is good in, I don't want a part of. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, Like, this art style really doesn't do it for me. Um, But I think this one's got decent value. Probably. Like, the Gishoth is a very expensive yeah, card. Yeah, Gishoth. Yeah. And Protean Hulk sees it's on a play. So. Yeah, well, they had to ban Flash because yeah. of Protean Hulk. Yeah. All right. So we have Thrilling Tales of the Undead, which is like a zombie themed. Uh, I think these are supposed to be like um, like paperbacks, like trashy paperbacks. Yeah. Trashy paperbacks are almost like comic books or something or yeah, like, something like that. Yeah. Or again, like I know there's a there is like a movie poster one, but it also kind of gets like a like a B movie poster. A B movie, yeah. Right. Um so it's got Liliana's Death's Majesty, that's the Amonkhet one. one. Yep. Uh Rise of the Dark Realms, mm-hmm. which is just a mass reanimation spell for nine mana. Yep. And then Gravecrawler. Yeah. That Gravecrawler's kind of sick. It is. The great like the Gravecrawler is the only one that I'm like, that one's kind of cool. Yeah, I can. I, um, I mean, Rex of the Dark Realms is really expensive. Oh yeah, I mean, that is like an EDH card through and through. Yeah, um, Liliana Death Death's Majesty, I think, like normally is you know five or six bucks, but Rise of the Dark Realms, I want to say, is like fifteen or twenty. And gotcha. Grave Crawlers are like fifteen or twenty, so uh, that's where the value is in these. And that Grave Crawler is pretty sick. I, I might order some of these for those Grave Crawlers. Yeah, how much are they They're supposed cool. to be? Um, I think they're 39. Okay. Um, so then we have the read the fine print and it's the four demons that Liliana had her contract with. Yep. So it's bells and lock gristle dad, uh, Razaketh and Kothafed. Kothafed. Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, her contract. And her contract. I mean, the art's all cool. Like it's not like anything special though. Like there's no not, there's no frame treatment or anything. It's just like regular standard magic frame with some different art on these cards. And the and the thing is, is the art all looks very similar. Yeah, like just looking at the art, you couldn't tell one from the other. Like initially I, I saw the Grizzle Brand. Yeah. 
And my initial thought was, these are all just Grizzle Brands <laughs> at different, like, you know how they've done, like, the same card four times? Yeah. Right? Like, that's oh, you just I thought, thought they was. were all Grizzle Brands? I thought they were all Grizzle Brands. Like, they're all black. Yeah. They all have the same color scheme. Yeah. They're fine. Uh, you know. I just, I, I just, I thought it was weird that, like, all of the other secret layers are very, like, visually distinctive. Like, even the, even the Stranger Things one. Like you look at it and you're like, oh yeah, that's different than a normal magic card. But then you look at this one and like all of these could have been in a master's set. They just look like regular magic cards. Yeah. Which kind of isn't really what secret layers for, at least in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. And um, then we have this one does have some monetary value in it though. Oh, it does? Okay. Gristle Dad. Like, yeah, and Razaketh. Razaketh's like twenty five bucks. Dear God. Yeah. The number of cards that I got rid of when they were in standard because I was like, no one plays this. And now that like people only play EDH, it's yeah. like, remember that like unplayable like eight drop? I, I do. Yeah, we've decided it's <laughs> worth all the money now. Why? Well, I, I okay. mean, it just goes and gets like every combo piece. Yeah. You have three creatures and you just pay six life and get your combo. Yeah. So next up we have showcase midnight hunt so these are are they all lands i think they're all lands yeah they're all the original innistrad utility lands done in the like black and white style of the um midnight hunt showcase cards yes so they're cool yeah there's a lot of them there's 10 yeah like in you know these cards some of them were playable in older formats. Yeah, like Kessig Wolf Run and Slayer's Stronghold used to see play in Amulet Titan. I think I think Slayer's Stronghold still does. Um from what I understand Amulet Titans kind of turned into more of a Valakut deck. They don't really play the combo yeah. anymore. Yeah. But like Gavity Township used to be like the hammer and like creature mid range matchups. Yeah, Vault of the Archangel saw play. In black white tokens, tokens decks. which yeah. was not a real deck, I found out. Uh, <laughs> still still traumatized yeah um and then we have the like super duper monster like movie poster like movie like, posters these are like B- obvious movie posters yeah though. obvious 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 yeah and so we've got dismember mm-hmm. we've got blasphemous act beast got- within and yes. graf digger's cage these are also cool. Like that, this member is awesome, and that Graf Digger's cage is pretty sick as well. Yes. Um. So, remember when we started with the like? Oh gosh, what were they the invocations? Yeah. And they like totally botched the the text, and it made it hard to read the name. Right. But you could still read what the card did. <laughs> yeah. There's like no rhyme or reason. To how like, you're supposed to read these? Yeah, like how this yeah. card's supposed to be read. Where's the rules text? So, like, for the dismember, it says yeah. dismember, yep. right? And then it's like, that's across the top at like an angle. And then on the right hand side in the middle, it's like target creature gets nick five, nick five. And then in the bottom left hand corner until the end of turn. Yeah. 
And it's like, this makes no sense. And then, like, Graftigger's Cage, the name is at the bottom. <laughs> at the bottom. And then the text is in white in the top left hand corner. And at the bottom. Only part of the text is at the oh, top. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, it's just. Like, it almost feels like these cards aren't supposed to be played. <laughs> They're just art pieces. They're just art pieces. Would you like a tiny piece of art? I would. Excellent. We have yeah. something for you. I mean, I, I, I think these are cut. They're cool. They I are. Like they are. It's just, it's just, we were like, we were worried about like, oh man, these invocations are hard to read. Yeah. And now we're just like, whatever. Well, so like part of the problem with the invocations though, is that you couldn't even read the name of the card. Yeah. So like, even if you knew what the card did due to the rarity and because you couldn't read the name of the card, like it was hard to tell them apart. And a lot of the artwork looked similar. True. With these, at least you know what the card is. Yeah, I guess like I've you, done a... you look at it and oh yeah, that's definitely a graph digger's cage. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just like we have definitely like for years they were very protective of About like what a card looked like, what a card looked like, yeah. and now they're just like it Yolo. can be anything. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Doesn't even have to be cardboard. Doesn't I mean, have to be rectangular. I mean, if you ask some people, they'd be like, they're all Pringly. So, yeah, no, it doesn't true. have to be a rectangle. It could be potato chips. <laughs> it could be potato chips. So, with all of that, I think we've got a show. I think we've got a show. Unless there's anything you want to say about these. But I think we have I think we covered it. it at all. All right. I dig the movie poster ones. Um, the showcase cards are cool. I don't really see myself playing any of them, so I'm probably going to skip no. that one. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I gave my opinions on all yeah, of them. Yeah, I, I am, I am in for when they do like the merit lage cycle, and they just do a secret <laughs> layer that is just like dark depths and the token, and like yeah. merit lage's slumber, and like was it brine shaman is the card yeah. from Ice Age that references, yeah. Um, uh, Merit Lage and what is what is the there's like a saga that like tells uh, a curse story. of Merit Lage. No, there's like one that it's like Time of Frost or something. Oh yeah, yeah, Time yeah, of yeah, Ice yeah. tells the story about it. Yeah, yeah. Like when they do that one, I'm in. But like <laughs> as of right, they haven't they haven't hit me. I've got my two Thalia ones, and yeah. that's the only one I've got because I was like Thalia's cool. I could maybe play a Thalia. Like well, maybe one one day the sealed value one will be worth something. Um, they're all worth something. I don't think there's been a secret lair yet that isn't worth more than the selling price. Gotcha. Um, like if you go back and look at values, they're all worth more than original selling price. So cool, cool. Yep. So I have bought a bunch of them. I'll probably continue to buy a bunch of them. Gotcha. Just for resale value. All right. So with all of that, if you want to find us on Twitter. You can get us at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can also find us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG, or you can drop us an email, show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Please, if you guys are looking to pick up any single cards, use our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. 
If you want to support us more directly, use our Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Throw a couple bucks in the pot, help us out, uh, get entered for my, I guess they're bi-monthly patron givebacks. Um, I'm also, I think I'm going to figure out a way to do a raffle for one of my casual tryhard play mats I had prototyped. Um, that'll probably be coming up in December. So if you guys want to jump in for that, sign up to Patreon and I'll figure out a way to do it. Um, also patrons get access to our show notes. So, you know what we're going to be talking about the next week and you get access to our pre-show. If any of that interests you, or if you just want to help us out, throw us a couple bucks on Patreon. We will really appreciate it. Also, we have our Discord. There's a link in the description. There's a link on all our social media. Hop on to our Discord. It's probably the best way to get a hold of us. Join in the conversation. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you think about Saffron Olive's video or article. I uh, assigned that as homework last week and didn't hear anybody talking about it. So let me know that I'm crazy or not. Uh, hop on to Discord. Join in the conversation. And let us know what you guys want to hear about. Like I said, we finished up the Learn to Play series. I don't really have anything else on the books as far as like concrete episodes go until we do our Crimson Vow episode. So if there's anything you guys want to hear about, now is the time. Uh, let us know about that on Discord. And you got anything else? Nope. So with that, we'll catch you on the internet. We'll catch you on the internet. 